I have to overcome the assumption that you bring this morning because I, I work with a lot of churches and when they hear a boring preacher, they always say he ought to be a teacher in seminary. <laughs> so you come expecting me to be boring and dry as toast and that's, that's a tough one to overcome. I'm going to try first by thanking my uh, my colleague and friend, uh, Pastor Nate Hickox and his bride, Laura, one of my best students. I would have hired him if I could have. Amen. Good guy. Good guy. I hope you can hang him. And greetings to you, Faith Covenant Church. It's great to be in a covenant church. My late mother-in-law was a covenanter from Iron Mountain, Michigan. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah. That's why I was surprised that you weren't having a pasty cook-off <laughs> instead of chili. You know what I mean? Seemed like you'd have a pasty cook-off. My late mother-in-law was Dolores Holtquist Plogman. She taught at Glumbard South High School. She was a German teacher there for many, many years. And uh, a delightful, delightful woman. And because of my... Uh, my wife bringing me up there. Debbie and I have a little cabin in the Upper Peninsula. And I'll be hanging with the Swedes later this week. So that should be a good time. Well, the assignment given to me is to address the practice of singing during worship. I'm delighted to do so for a variety of reasons. We've read one scripture passage. I'd like to read another. And that is Psalm 100. Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Amen? Amen. Amen. Yeah, it was good to hear a, it was, it was nice to hear your choir, but even nicer to hear a good choir. I'll just leave it at that. Just say I get around. <laughs> Especially your guys. You got good men in your choir. That's awesome. Some of you are familiar with the Messiah, the oratorio written by George Frederick Handel. And it's amazing that he wrote that beautiful piece in 24 days, back in 1741. He wrote it for the Charitable Musical Society of Dublin. The Messiah was the drawing card for a benefit concert on April 13, 1742, in, in support of several charities. In its first performance, 700 people received enthusiastically the rendering of this beautiful piece, setting the stage for its subsequent introduction to the people of London. So now on March 23, 1743, Handel's Messiah made its London debut at the Theatre Royale, and King George II was in attendance. And everyone knew it. 
According to the popular anecdote, the king, during the hallelujah chorus, was so moved by the majesty of the music and the power of its simple lyric that he spontaneously stood in tribute to the King of Kings, Jesus Christ. He stood in awe of the Lord. Of course, since the king stood, the entire audience stood. That was the custom of the day. And the custom of our day is to stand for the hallelujah chorus. I'm thinking King David would have approved. Because throughout the Psalms, the act of standing appears as an act of worship. Psalm 119, one example. I stand in awe of you. David, however, would not have stopped with the standing. For in the Psalms, he modeled an enthusiastic form of worship prompted by the character and goodness and grace of God. There was just something so great about God that it ushered forth an enthusiastic response. And I want to look at the worship prescribed by the Psalms by looking at, in particular at Psalm 100. Because this Psalm answers an important question. Three important questions. And, you know, I'm sorry to do this to you, but at seminary I had to just make it so simple. You know, I had to break it down for people like Nate, you know, okay. <laughs> you know. So I said, okay, Nate, we're going to talk about who should worship, how should we worship, and why. Then I would have them repeat, who, how. Why? And then he would have it. So there you go. Who? Psalm 100. Shout for joy to the Lord. Who? All the earth. All the earth. Everyone in the universe. Believers and unbelievers alike. Worshiping the Lord. According to the Apostle Paul, every person should worship the Lord because each person has been created to worship the Lord. In Colossians 1 verse 16, all things were created by him and for him. In Ephesians 1 verse 11, we were chosen by God for the praise of his glory. We were created to worship the Lord, which means that when we don't worship the Lord, something's amiss. Right? Something's just not sinking right. The pieces of the puzzle just don't fit. Because we were created to praise God now and even forevermore. I love looking at Revelation. And you'll find the saints, you and me, with the angels, praising the Lord, saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. Or you are worthy to receive glory and honor and praise. And then Jesus says, if you don't worship him, the stones will cry out. I think that's why you worship so well here. You have all these bricks just itching. 
They're just waiting for you to do nothing. <laughs> so they can stand up. They can shout out. Why did God create you? Why did he save you? So you could live life to the fullest with a Miller Lite in one hand and the Bible in the other? To procreate? Well, let's even get more spiritual. To manage his affairs on earth? Or just to live to suck life dry and die? We have been created by him and for him. We have been saved for the praise of his glorious grace. God created us to sing in a choir that praises him forever. This is why the psalmist cries out, Shout for joy to the Lord who? All the earth. Right. But how? How do we do this? Well, the psalm that I read includes five descriptions of worship. Shout to the Lord. Worship the Lord with gladness. Sing joyful songs. Give thanks to the Lord. Praise the Lord. And notice that while the Lord is holy and righteous and must be revered, no doubt about it. David prescribes enthusiastic and exuberant worship. The worship that David prescribes is more like the fans, sounds more like the fans at Wrigley Field than the mourners at a funeral. Right? Shout! Glad! Joyful! Thanks! Praise the Lord! Schwarber just hit a bomb! Here we go! Right? I was raised in the Ebenezer Christian Reformed Church in Berwyn, old Dutchman. That's the, uh, from the Reformed Church, that's the Dutch side of, this, of the Reform movement, not the Swedish, you know. Though they're good people. And uh, we, uh, we were taught that we had to get there a half hour early because the sanctuary is so full and we had five kids and mom and dad didn't want to sit in the front. They whip us into shape and get there at 9 o'clock and sit there in a row. It was me, my brother, my dad, my other brother, my mom, and my two sisters. My dad would just kind of sit like this, and he could hit me in the back of the head. <laughs> so fast that his arm would be back before the, the sound went from the back of his head. Boom! Right? Because we were told we had to be reverent. Oh, it was so boring. Oh, it was so dull. You know, if you clapped, I mean, it was like, oh, don't clap, don't say anything, be quiet, shut your mouth, here's a peppermint. <laughs> right? That's the good thing about Lord's Supper, the bad thing about Lord's Supper Sunday is service went for like an hour and a half. The good thing is we got a peppermint those were good days. Good days. Now, notice that even though the Lord is holy and righteous, this worship is joyful. Notice 
that while we can praise the Lord without singing, we can worship him without singing by reading a psalm or offering prayers of praise, that the psalmist encourages us to sing. Which prompts another question of what should we sing? And we found that answer in Colossians, and we find it again in Ephesians, that Paul says, I want when you come together, sing psalms, sing hymns, and sing Holy Spirit songs. Now we know what the psalms were, because um, those are the 150 that are in the, in the Bible, and many churches, that's all they sing. which the hymns are like renderings of biblical truth, right? Psalms were pre-singing scripture, but the hymns were like, okay, God is faithful. I, I want to write a song about the faithfulness of God. Great is thy faithfulness, right? Oh God, my Father. So then we write a hymn. The Holy Spirit songs, um, we have no idea what those were. My hunch, it's interesting, the NIV translated spiritual songs because they don't want to say Holy Spirit songs because that's what they were. So they could be actually just songs written in the moment. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. You know, anything like that, right? It could be just songs written in the moment. I tend to think they were scripture songs, like the songs we teach our children. Little easier songs, or the 7-Eleven songs that some of you refer to as the the song, the first 7-Eleven song, by the way, was a hallelujah chorus, but we'll leave that. Um, you know, the songs of the 80s and 90s, right? So, um, but three different types of songs. The psalms, where you're just reading, singing scripture. The hymns, kind of reflection on scripture. And then the Holy Spirit songs. And that suggests kind of something contemporary, right? Because the Holy Spirit's alive and well. And the Holy Spirit is generating Always. So these are the songs that we live. So when we gather as a congregation, we may speak words of praise through the reading of a psalm or by a spontaneous hallelujah. We may accompany our spoken words, says the psalmist, with the clapping of hands or with the lifting of hands or with dancing. Ah. Or we may offer silent prayers as our lips remain silent and our hearts burst forth in praise. But before all is said and done, we must, we must sing. How should we worship? We must sing. Because our hearts will not rest until we sing. Even people with lousy voices. I've been married to one for 45 years. Sings. My daughter, who can't sing on pitch, belts it out. Right? It's amazing. The Christian community sings. Now I gotta, because I'm a seminary prof, I gotta drop the name Carl Bart. I didn't say Barth. Bart. He wrote, The Christian community sings. It is not a choral society. Its singing is not a concert, but from the inner necessity 
we must sing because singing is the highest form of human expression. The praise of God finds its concrete culmination in the singing of the community. This explains why throughout Scripture we find the people of God singing. During the exodus from Egypt, Miriam the prophetess took her tambourine and led the women in song and dance as they celebrated their deliverance. In Judges 5, the prophetess Deborah wrote and led a song proclaiming the great name of the Lord. Isaiah composed songs for God's people. Ezekiel is said to have had a beautiful voice and to play well on his instrument. The early church sang psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And finally, in one of the most remarkable passages in Scripture, Zephaniah 3, verse 17, we read that God sings over us. <laughs> Did that blow your mind? God sings over us. The Lord your God is in your midst. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will exalt over you with loud singing. <laughs> I love that. I could, just, I could just sit there for a while. Who should sing? All the earth. How should we worship? Let us sing. And then finally, why should we worship? Why should we sing? Psalm 100 has two verses, two stanzas, and each one calls us to praise and gives a reason for praising. It says what to do and then why. Right? Make a joyful noise to the Lord. He is our God. He has made us. We are his. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. He is good his loving kindness and faithfulness are everlasting. You notice there that the psalmist employs two images to evoke praise. One that of the potter and the clay, the other the shepherd and the sheep. I, unless there's some art clay, what's that? Kind of a ceramic artist, you know? Uh, potting, potter and clay and shepherd and sheep is probably pretty foreign to both of us, but you get it. God is the potter. And we are the clay. He molds us. He shapes us. We are his. We're created by him and for him. And so we praise him. God is the shepherd and we are the sheep. Without him we are lost and helpless. He guides us, directs us, protects us, nurtures us, keeps us. When, he stray, when we stray, he leaves the others and retrieves us. We belong to him now and forevermore. Hence we worship him. Why do we worship him? Why have you come here this morning? I trust that your desire is grounded in the one you worship. Not in, well, the pastor's got a great sermon. We're going to come and hear a great sermon today. No, you know, our praise team or whatever, worship team, quiet. No, 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 no. I trust that your desire to come together and praise the Lord is grounded in the one you worship for worship rises and falls with your understanding of God I trust you're here to worship God 
for who he is, the one and only, the highest, the Lord, the heavenly king, the almighty God and Father, the Holy One. I trust that you're here to thank the Lord for his care, for his protection, for his mercy, for his faithfulness and the love. For he is the Lord who made us and we are his sheep. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. The Lord is good. His love endures forever. His faithfulness to all generations. Amen. We come here because of who the Lord is. We come here. The Lord didn't have to protect you, but he did. We are here because of who God is. Amen? And so here's what we have in this simple psalm. The who, and that is who should worship? All the earth. And why do we worship? We worship because of what God has done. And then how do we worship? We worship him with song. And I leave you with this word. Because there's so much conversation about worship today, right? You're going to go out and you're going to invite people to church and they're going to say, well, how do you worship? Right? And that's the big topic today. What are you doing? You got free You know, it's every day. Thank you.